It's good to be here. Thank you, Carla, for sharing what you did. Uh, and it's absolutely right and true um, that there's a sound. And uh, it's a sound of freedom. It's a sound of victory. It's a sound of let's take this place for Jesus. Let's uh, adva- advance the kingdom of God in this area. Um, and I just want to say, um, all of those who have children who are not currently walking closely with Jesus, um, let's never, ever uh, give up on, 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 on them. Um, I think I'm speaking to a few people here today. Um, let's never give up on them. In fact, let, let's believe um, that God's going to move in their lives. Um, the thing is, the thing is, like it happened suddenly, just like in the book of Acts in the upper room. Um, it was suddenly, wasn't it? And suddenly there was a, 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 a rushing mighty wind. Uh, let's, let's pray over our young people, every, every teenager, every young adult, every child that isn't closely walking with God. Let's pray over them, um, the rushing mighty wind of God, that they're going to ca- get caught up and, and the fire of God is going to be switched on in their lives and they're going to be unstoppable for God. Um, it's not impossible for God, is it? Father's arms are wide open, ready to receive them, aren't they? Great. Praise God. So um, today, I'm continuing our prayer series, House of Prayer, part 73. Um, can't remember where we got to now. Um, but um, today I'm talking about praying for others. Now, you guys are all week behind the other congregations because for some reason, um, a flood caused there to be no water. Um, and I don't really understand that, but that's how it is. Um, so, only in the New Forest, right? Uh, hmm? And Guildford as well. Okay, only in the New Forest and Guildford. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> right. So, um, if you're standing, who, who would normally be in ignition right now? Oh, do you feel like you're suffering today because you have to be in here? Well, you're not. This is going to be great. You're going to love it. <laughs> if you switch on your listening ears. Right. So, um, we have established over the last few weeks that it's really important that we're praying. Praying personally, it helps us build and maintain a strong and healthy relationship with, with God. God who is our Father in heaven. God who loves us, um, who's interested in our needs personally um, and wants to help us, wants to move in our lives, wants to um, be the answer to the needs that we have in our lives. Amen? So it's really important that we're praying personally. Um, It's also important that we're bringing the needs of others to God. Um, And as a community of believers, one of the things that we really want to do in Family Church is build a community that is authentic and real, um, a culture where we do life together in a meaningful way. Um, we don't, don't just want to go through the motions, do we? Um, I'm fed up of going through the motions. Don't want to do that. And, uh, and it's a joy to, to see a community uh, here in Family Church Waterside of people who uh, are well connected with each other, um, doing life authentically. But there's always further that we can go. There really is. There's always more um, open, openness and more trust that can be built and more connection that can be built. And sometimes you have to get through the rough stuff to get to where you want to get to, don't you? Sometimes it's messy en route um, to, to building that community of, of authentic and meaningful relationships. But that's what God wants for us. And I just want to encourage you again today, um, let's, 
let's be absolutely committed to getting through the mess. Um, when things get messy, when relationships are difficult and friendships are difficult, let's be committed to getting through the mess, talking about it, loving and forgiving. Forgiving is so important, isn't it? Um, because uh, if we make up our mind that, that next time I get hurt, I'm not going to forgive, well, you're losing already. Um, you know, you're going to be hurt sometimes. It's just going to happen. Um, and, um, and the very best thing that we can do is just keep forgiving. So where am I going with this? I'm talking about authentic community. I'm talking about building a community where we do life together and do it really well in a meaningful way, where we scratch beyond the surface and where there's depth in our relationships. Um, and one way that we can do that is to be open about prayer needs, um, to actually have have... Uh, a place where there is conversation about the things that we need in our lives. Um, uh, so it's good to ask for prayer from, from people that are around us who we trust and who we love. Um, and it's also good to be ready to listen to others and to pray for others as well. So let's turn to our first verse today, Daniel Webb. Here it is. James 5.16 how did he know? James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other, and what? Pray for each other, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, confess your sins to each other. That is really uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> that is like, that is definitely going beyond the surface. Um, but I think, you know, that is the, the ultimate. That is, that is where we want to get to. Um, in terms of the relationships that we have. But it's good to be open about the needs that we have. Sins or not sins. It's good to be open about the needs that we have. Um, and it's good to be ready to pray for each other so that we can be healed. You know, when, when you are facing needs in your life, when you are hurting, when you are in need of provision, when you are in a place of stress in life, um, when things are just, you're like in a, in a boat in a storm and you're getting blown about, um, when, when you're facing sickness in your life, um, it's good to ask for prayer. And it's good to be ready to pray for those who are in that situation. And it says here, so that you can be healed. That's God's plan, is when you ask for prayer and when you provide prayer to others, God wants to bring healing to your life. He wants to bring you to a better place. He wants to bring wholeness to us. And it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I hope today that you know that you're a righteous person. Um, not because of your works, but because of Jesus. And so when you turn to a Christian brother or sister and ask for prayer, um, then you can expect powerful and effective results. Um, we are righteous in Christ. And the more we see ourselves that way, the more we'll live it. The more, we'll, the more you see yourself as a holy person, the more you'll live as that holy person that God's called you to be. Um, and that's God's plan for us. So, it's vital that we have trusted Christian friends who we can be vulnerable and authentic with. Their prayers for us will be powerful and effective. Um, being available to one another, to care for and to pray for one another, um, is a way that we can carry each other's burdens. And there's a verse about this that we're going to read in just a minute, about carrying each other's burdens. Now, as we're available to pray for one another... Um, we fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? To love um, your neighbor as yourself. To love one another. To love your neighbor as yourself. It says that in Galatians 5.14. But in Galatians 6.2, just after that, it says, 
carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is to love your neighbor as yourself. So when we pray for one another, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. Got that? So it's good to be available to pray for each other. It's good to have this open, authentic community where we share our needs with each other. Praying for others is called intercession. I don't know if Dan's got my subtitles on the screen. No? Okay, fine. <laughs> you ignored that part of the email. <laughs> so, the email, yeah. So praying for others is called intercession. That's a funny word, isn't it? I remember being a kid sitting in church and hearing words like intercession and consecration and sacraments and uh, I don't know what else, um, and thinking, I have not got a clue what these people are talking about. And I go to uh, more traditional churches sometimes, and I think to myself, I have not got a clue what these people are talking about, because they're using all these funny words um, that I don't know what they mean. Um, Here's a funny story. I went to, um, this isn't funny, I went to the funeral of uh, uh, someone (laughs) uh, in this Roman Catholic church one time. And as part of the funeral service, they took communion. Um, And I didn't realize that not being a Catholic, I wasn't meant to take communion with them. Um, So I I got up and joined the queue of people that was taking communion (laughs) together. Uh, And uh, and I'd only ever seen it in the movies, um, in like American movies, where the priest would um, put the wafer on the tongue of the... They stick their tongue out. Yeah? So anyway... (laughs) I'm in this queue, not watching what's going on ahead of me, just thinking, oh, I'm going to take communion. Um, my, my co-pastor, Jeff Wood from Gosport, he's sitting back there, not moving. He hasn't gone to take communion, heathen. Um, <laughs> the other reason I thought I should take communion, because I was speaking at the service, and I thought, oh, I really should be taking communion to show that I'm a Christian. Um, anyway, um, so I joined the queue. I'm last in the queue. I get to the priest, and I realized I didn't know what to do, so I went, And he looked at me, <laughs> and he looked at me in shock. <laughs> and apparently, no one else had stuck their tongue out. They were just holding their hand out for the wafer. Um, so he went, he threw it <laughs> like that onto my tongue. <laughs> and then we got to the goblet, and everyone was sharing it. I couldn't believe it. Like I don't really like sharing drinks uh, at the best of times, do I? And. Um, and uh, and then I yeah and then I was like I was committed now so I had to drink from that disgusting <laughs> goblet. Um, anyway, where did I get well, intercession? Oh, words that you don't understand. So <laughs> right, so praying for others is called intercession. Okay, so we, when we intercede for others, we stand between them and God, bringing their needs to God. Now, it's not that God listens to our prayers more than their prayers. Um, we simply do this because God loves people standing together in unity. He loves his people coming together and being one and, and standing together in unity. You know, that, that passage in 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body and when one part suffers, all the parts suffer. That's how God designed it. So he loves it that when we stand together in unity. And that's the point of interceding, praying for others, is that we stand together in unity. Um, There may be times when someone's feeling weak 
um, or battle-weary, doesn't know how to pray, so we come alongside them and we pray for them. That's called intercession. Now, praying for others, intercession, is sometimes referred to as standing in the gap. And this expression comes from Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Daniel, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. Now, so there's a picture here. I'm not going to go into the history of this verse because I literally will run out of time as I always do. Um, But there's a picture here. And, And the verse describes a city wall that's supposed to bring protection. However, if there's a gap in the wall, then the city becomes vulnerable to attack, doesn't it? There's a way in for the enemy. So no one wants a city wall with a gap in it because that's where the enemy can get in. Um, So to stand in the gap is to stand in the gap. It's to close the gap in the wall in order to keep the enemy out. So when we pray for someone, when we intercede for them, we're standing in the gap of the walls um, of their lives that may have been damaged, where there may be holes, where there may be things where the enemy, who's the enemy? The enemy is the devil, Satan, um, may be able to get in there and do damage. That's what he wants to do. Um, That's what he's endeavoring to do. Um, In John 10.10, Jesus makes it very clear that the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He also made it very clear why he came. And that was to bring abundance of life to us, right? So when we pray for someone, we stand in the gap. We, we effectively close the gaps where perhaps the enemy is attacking, where the enemy could get into their lives um, in order to bring protection to their lives. That's, what, that's one of the reasons we pray for other people. Um, and according to the rest of the passage in John chapter 10, which we're not going to look at today, uh, we are safe. In God's sheepfold, as his sheep, he's the shepherd and we're the sheep. We're safe in his sheepfold as his sheep. He is watching over us. The enemy is like a wolf or a thief who is constantly trying to attack the sheep. But we are safe in him. And so what we do when we pray, we establish that in people's lives. We establish it in our lives. We, we declare what has happened in our lives, that there is a hedge of protection around us. I love that psalm. It says, I have laid my hand on you. I, I have, um, there is, the Lord is like a hedge behind and before, and he has laid his hand on us. And I just love that. He hides us under the shadow of his wing with the apple of his eye. You know, God is our strong tower. He's our place of refuge. He has everything we need. Um, and so when we pray for others, we're just simply establishing that. Um, sometimes, we're, even when you pray with someone, sometimes they just need to hear those words where you're agreeing with what the Word of God says about them, right? But the thief is always trying to find a way in. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, Be sober, be, be vigilant, because, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's what he's up to. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the mission of the devil from, from day one. From day one, when Adam and Eve were, were tempted in the garden, um, and, and they, they disobeyed God's instruction. From day one, it's been the intention of the, the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. But we don't have to be under that. We don't have to be subject to that because we are safe in God's sheepfold. So when we pray, 
we are standing against what the enemy, the devil, is trying to do and declaring over our lives and over others um, the truth of what God says, and that is that we're safe in his sheepfold. Um, And, of course, the sheepfold also represents the church. So, you know, I've heard it said that if there's a coal in a fire that is hot because it's part of a fire, um, if it rolls out of the fire, um, it soon cools down. Um, And and make sure you're around God's people. There's this guy that came to the men's advance um, recently in October um, in our Portsmouth church. And um, Olu, his name is, you wouldn't mind me saying, because he keeps telling me every week how blessed he is um, that suddenly he's started connecting with other guys um, in the church. He's joined a connect group. He's started tithing. Um, He's there every Sunday at 7 o'clock to set up. He's there until 2 o'clock clearing up. Um, since the men's advance and he's like a different person and he said to me I just realized that if you planted in the house of God you flourish in the courts of God and it's it's like he's he's a new person um he's flourishing and it's wonderful to see um and you know I'm speaking to a bunch of very connected people um but you know for yourself is could you be better connected could you be serving in other ways could is there a team that you need to to join this isn't a a plug for joining a team today but um it just I'm a pastor it just I can't help it um you know it's it's how it works it's how God does stuff every 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 single one of us every member has a part to play and the only way the church will be fully effective is when every one of us has found our part um, and that's not just about Sundays, that's about life, that's about the call of God on your life. It's about so much. Um, anyway, I'm going to go off on a tangent if I'm not careful. Um, so it says in, in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. The devil walks about like a, like a roaring lion. He's not one. Jesus is the lion of Judah. He's so much better and stronger. Um, so being sober and vigilant is about being spiritually alert and praying. We should be spiritually alert and praying for for our own families. Jesus told his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane to watch and pray. So that's speaking of being um, spiritually alert and praying. Remember the parable of the, the ten virgins, the ten bridesmaids? You know, five of them were watching. Um, they were spiritually alert. Um, we should be spiritually alert and praying for others as well, not just ourselves and our families, but also for others. Ephesians 6, verse 18. When you do a study on watch and pray in the New Testament, there are verse after verse after verse that talks about being watchful and prayerful. And this is one of them. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. There's a word, supplication. So bringing the needs of the saints, standing in the gap, um, interceding. Um, we should also be standing in the gap for our nation and the nation that you, you represent. If you're, you, if you're not from this nation, um, then standing in the gap for our nation and for our government as well. It says in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 2, it says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful 
and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. I mean, there's a lot there, isn't there? But we're encouraged there to be praying for the governing authorities. Um, in order to do damage to a nation, the enemy will try to infiltrate the governing authorities of that nation. That's, that's how it works. Um, so let's pray for our nation and let's pray for the leaders of our nation. And I just I want to say, you don't have to agree with them to pray for them. <laughs> In fact, maybe the fact that you don't agree um, is a good sign that you should be praying for them because you may often not agree uh, with some of their moral stances or ethical things or the, the, some of the things that, that the government are allowing um, to, um, to become law and, uh, and kind of normal way of life. And, and actually, if you don't agree with that, um, there's lots you can do, but one of the things is pray. Right, so when? When should we pray for others? Turn to your neighbor and say, when? Okay. Well, yeah, that verse that we read in Ephesians 6 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Um, when we see a need is when we should pray. The need is the call to pray. Acts chapter 12, Peter and James. This is interesting. Peter and James were both imprisoned for their faith. Peter was released. James was put to death. I know which one I'd rather be. Interestingly, Acts chapter 12 says that prayer was made without ceasing for Peter. But nowhere in Acts chapter 12 does it say that anyone prayed for James. And I just wonder, maybe there could have been a different outcome for James if the church had actually prayed for him. Um, who knows? I'm not judging. It was a long time ago. Uh, and it's in Scripture. And there's a reason for it. Um, but I think the lesson here is simple. Uh, rather than not pray, we should pray. <laughs> right? Um, maybe the church was praying for James. Um, and, and maybe that is, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in life that we cannot um, simply in this life cannot understand. Um, but for Peter, the church was praying without ceasing. And it's that hilarious passage, of course, when he comes to the door and is it Rhoda answers the door? He says, hey, it's Peter. I've been released from prison. I've, God set me free. And uh, so she shuts the door, leaves him outside, runs to the family and says, hey, everyone, Peter's at the door. And they're like, no, 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 no. He can't be at the door. We're praying for his release. Um, so let's just keep praying. And of course, he's at the door knocking the door. I've been released. Your prayers have been answered. Okay. And uh, so that was that simple question. N another question, how should we pray for others? Well, here's, I think, four top tips on how to pray for others. Paper everywhere. Number one, with authenticity. Number one, with authenticity. So when we pray for others, notice when. When we pray for others, we should pray with authenticity from our heart. Uh, and this is the emphasis of Jesus teaching in Matthew chapter 6 when he teaches the disciples how to pray. The emphasis is that we don't pray religious prayers and we don't babble, we don't just say words, but um, we pray from our hearts with authenticity um, to our loving Heavenly Father. 
the heart really matters to God. Um, when God sees compassion in your heart for other people, he is moved by the compassion that you have. Um, I love that every time Jesus did a miracle throughout the Gospels, um, almost every time it says that he was moved with compassion. He was first moved with compassion. His heart was stirred, and, and, and he, he then was a conduit of the life of the kingdom of God into those people's lives because his heart was first moved with compassion. And I want to say that when our hearts as believers are moved with compassion, that stirs the heart of God, and, and God um, is, is then free to move in and through our lives. Um, we need to see prayer as an investment into others and not a chore. Just like, you know, instead of going to ignition, you sit in the service. An investment, investment, not a chore. Secondly, how should we pray? Number one, with authenticity. Number two, with faith. Faith is really important. Um, so when we pray for others, we should pray with faith, knowing who God is and what God has said. There's two things to remember. Who is God and what has he said? So who is God? God is our loving heavenly father who is for us and he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. That's what the word of God says about him. So you need to know who God is. You need to know the nature of your loving heavenly father. Where do you go to find out what God looks like, what his nature is. You go to Jesus and you go to the Bible. Both, of course, referred to as the word of God because they reveal God to us. Um, so go to Jesus, go to the Bible, um, and, and you will see the nature of God revealed. And, you know, my view is that um, a really good summary um, of the nature of God is Galatians chapter 5. His nature is revealed through these characteristics, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the nature of God. That's who God is. So remember that. Don't let anyone think that God isn't those things. Don't let anyone uh, make you think that God is harsh and, and judgmental. Um, because when it comes to your life and your family, as a believer... You've been accepted by him. You're loved by him. You've been chosen by God. How did you become chosen? You chose him. You're now one of God's chosen. Isn't that wonderful? Simply by choosing Jesus, you become part of God's chosen. And so God is for you. He is for you. He is not against you. And he is always with you. And he has promised that no matter what you go through in life, he is with you. Amen? Good. So, on a human level, oh yeah, that's right, that's what I was going to say. So, um, make sure you've got your Bible to hand when you pray, because actually you might need to remind yourself of who God is. You might need to remind yourself of what he has promised. Now, on a human level, it's pretty insulting to question someone's character or word. In fact, it feels horrible, doesn't it, when you know who you are and someone questions that about you. Um, so, let's not question God's character or what he said. It's much better to choose to believe who he is and what he has said and then pray with faith because circumstances are temporary. But God is eternal. God is immovable. He is truth. Right, third way. 
How should we pray for others? Firstly, with authenticity. Secondly, with faith. Thirdly, with the person or not. It didn't really work as a point, did it? But um, I was starting them all with with, you see. So how should we pray for others? With the person or not. (laughs) So when we pray for others, we can pray in person with the... that, That phrase, in person, that's become such a big thing, hasn't it, since lockdown? Like, I never really heard in person before. And then suddenly, like, I'm always talking about being in person with people. So we can pray in person with the individual or the family who need prayer. Um, if you can, make sure you do. Um, just investing time into someone means a lot to someone sometimes, doesn't it? Um, but it also gives you the chance to speak with them, to remind them of what God says, maybe to remind them of who he is. Um, and to share any prophetic words with them as well. So praying in person with someone is, is really brilliant. It, it's the best way. But if you can't pray in person with them, don't just not pray for them. Still pray for them. Um, keep a live prayer list of those that you promise to pray for. And if someone says, would you pray for me? And you say yes, make sure you pray for them. Um, don't just say yeah. And then forget all about that. Uh, so keep a live prayer list. I recommend Google Keep. I'm a Google person, and Google Keep is your, your notes app. On your, Anyone use Google Keep for their notes? Ah, I use it for my shopping list. Well, we use it for our shopping list, but I, I invented it, so it's mine. Um, so basically, we've got a master shopping list, right? And you can have tick boxes, and everything's on the list that we could ever want. And then it does, it does take a long time. But before we go shopping, you tick off everything you've got, got and then you're left with everything you need. Genius, eh? Yeah, all right. Maybe not. <laughs> That's why I do what I do. <laughs> so keep a prayer list and make sure, make sure, if you say yes, you're going to pray to someone, make sure they go on your list and make sure you pray for them. Um, also, many people, people keep a prayer journal so that you can remember what you prayed, um, you, maybe what God said, and then maybe you'll have an opportunity later on to share with the person that you're praying for some of the things that you prayed for them, some of the scriptures that maybe came to mind as you were praying, maybe uh, any prophetic words that you felt were for them. Make sure you share that with the person then. So you could do that um, in the old-fashioned way by sending a card. I love getting cards. Lorna's good at cards, isn't she? She's the older lady in Family Church Portsmouth. And whenever she shares a prophetic word in a card, you know you've got to like read it and listen because uh, God's definitely speaking. Well, 99% of the time. There was that one, wasn't there? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, and <laughs> or a text message. You know, you've been praying for someone and you, rather than not share what you feel God is saying, um, maybe a, a, a word of encouragement, a prophetic word of scripture, share it with them because it could really, really be what they need in that moment. Now, uh, so, number one, with authenticity. How should we pray? With authenticity, with faith, with the person, or not. And then, you like this one, with specificity. Specificity. It's a word. No, it's a word. S-P-E-C-I-F-I-City. Specificity. It's, it becomes worse the more you say it. All right. But you get what it means, right? Specific. So when you pray for others, 
we should pray. That's it. It's a tough one, isn't it? When we pray for others, we should pray for specific needs and specific outcomes. Are you looking it up? They are looking it up. Front row, all three of them are looking it up. Jack, Wendy, thank you for staying focused this morning. Uh, Deary, they can't even spell. Right. So, (laughs) when you pray for others, we should pray for specific needs and with specific outcomes in mind. So, maybe find out what the person wants you to pray. Because, you know, you might come across someone's need and assume that they want you to pray in a certain way, but they might be asking you to pray in in a different way. And, of course, we always want to ask for God's will to be done. Because we're always aware that sometimes the specific way we're praying might not be exactly um, what God is doing or thinking. You know, there's so many times, aren't there, in life when outcomes are different to what we expect or what we want them to be. And then we look back and think, well, God, obviously you're God for a reason because uh, that was the best outcome. And, And even when it's not, we trust God, don't we? Even when we go through trials, even when we go through challenges, we trust God. And in some ways, and I love that, that verse, um, somewhere in James, that talks about the trials that we go through, the pain in life that we go through. Um, you know, in the end, there's going to be glory. In the end, it's gonna, there's going to be joy. And, um, and we do go through stuff. And we can't always understand stuff. Um, you know, as pastors, we, we see it all the time. There's stuff and you think, well, why on earth? Like, do they, why are they going through that? Um, Sometimes that is the worst question you can ask. Why? Um, sometimes it's a really good question and you get your answers. But when you don't get your answers, don't dwell on that question for, for so long that it takes your eyes off of God. Because actually God is faithful and he sees the bigger picture always. Where was I? So find out what the person needs. What are they believing for? How are they likely to pray? So we pray with Specificity. Uh, we should always ask for God's will to be done. Oh, yeah, and it's often very clear from the Bible what God's will is in a certain situation. Yet, we should also ask the Holy Spirit to direct us. And remember, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, when God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to us, it will always line up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't, reject it, because God will never go against His Word. I always think when you don't know what to pray, pray the three P's. Anyone know what they are? Pardon? Peace? You can't do this in Portsmouth because the congregation's so big, you, like people shout stuff and you can't really hear. This is, I like this, I'm enjoying this. Peace, protection, and provision, and all the other things as well. All the other, you can pray 10 Ps if you like, but I've got three Ps. Peace, protection, and provision. Anyone know what the time is? Right, the end. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, two minutes, just to finish off. That time has still got four on it though, I just want to say. Um, although I didn't start it anyway, did I? Um, so this week... This week, I just want to challenge you, church. This week, let's step up in prayer, in our praying for others. 
maybe this week you're going to start a prayer list. And so when you say, yeah, I'll pray for you to someone, actually you're going to pray for them. Uh, maybe you're going to start a prayer journal where you jot down some of your prayers, some of the scriptures, some of the words that come to you as you're praying for others. Um, maybe you're going to set aside five minutes each day to pray for others. That would be a good, good um, goal. Five minutes a day, I'm going to pray for other people, not think about my needs. I'm just going to pray for other people. Um, maybe this week you're going to become vulnerable with someone and ask them to pray for you because there's a need and you've not shared it and you know you need to share that with someone. Um, maybe this week you're going to be available to listen and to pray for someone else. There's some ways that you could apply this to your life this week. Um, just want to finish by saying to everyone here, and especially those that maybe have never started a relationship with God, I just want to say to you that God loves you, and God wants a relationship with you. Um, and God has been watching over your life since the moment you were conceived. Isn't that amazing? And God wants to be involved with your life. He has a plan for your life. Um, and the only thing preventing you from receiving God's love is that you haven't yet said yes to Jesus. You haven't accepted that Jesus, when he died on the cross, took your sin, all of your wrongdoing, all the stuff that doesn't meet God's perfect standard. Jesus took it upon himself so that you can be right, accepted by God. God has always loved you, no matter what. He's always loved you. But he wants you to receive his love. He wants you to be a recipient of his love and walk in his love and walk closely with him every day and know his hand on your life, know him working in your life. And the only way to do that is to come to him through Jesus. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And uh, we're going to pray this together. And this is simply a prayer of introduction to God where you can make your peace with God and receive his love in your heart. So let's just bow our heads and, and close our eyes and let's pray together. Say, dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and make all things new. I surrender to you and want to take your path for my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed just for a moment. If you prayed that prayer today, you've just made peace with God. You've just settled accounts with God. And your life is now able to receive God's love. The God that has always loved you. And if you prayed that prayer today, I just want to be able to maybe have a chat with you afterwards and give you some literature, something to read. So if that was you, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that was me. Thank you. Anyone else here today? Thank you. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. Anyone else? Brilliant. Okay, thank you. Wonderful. You can lift your heads up. Brilliant. Two hands. Praise God. Um, so the two of you who raised your hand, I'm just going to...
go over that corner afterwards. And if you guys could come and have a chat with me and the team could maybe bring some literature over, that would be uh, really good. Um, and when I was praying that prayer, sorry, I'm just about to finish. When I was praying that prayer this morning, I was reminded of the wedding that I did yesterday. So we had a, a Spanish-speaking couple in our Portsmouth congregation who was married yesterday. And um, they don't really speak a lot of English at all. So it was my first wedding that I've done where uh, everything was translated, uh, which was interesting because the guy that was going to translate my message um, thought the wedding started at three, not two. So someone had to jump in and do the translation for that um, off-the-cuff kind of thing without having looked at my notes first. And then, um, and then the vowels came along, and mostly it was good, except, so what I would do, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd say my line, and then the person interpreting would say it in Spanish, and then the groom and the bride would, would say their line. But I kept like, forgetting to let them to say their line. So, <laughs> I'm like, so she would say it in Spanish, and then I was like, back, oh, no, no, got to be their turn now. So you've got to think about a lot when you're going through a translator, haven't you? Anyone ever spoken through a translator before? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean that's we could have this chat over coffee, couldn't we? <laughs> Pastor Paul Wendy who's who's taking over now. <laughs>